Wasn't it, uh, aren't you grateful that uh, we have someone with us? That we're not on our own, we're not alone, we come in here, that Christ is with us? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for our time in worship. Well, I'm very glad to be with you here on this extended uh, Fourth of July weekend. I hear uh, there's some families, Pastor uh, Ryan, his wife Lauren, are up at camp, so uh, praying for them to have a great time there and refreshing and renewing, but glad that we are here and uh, get to be together. I got to uh, meet Pastor Ryan in 2008, 2008, and uh, it was a great meet him because he was a young buck at that time, and uh, he was getting ready to do church planting, so he was coming to a training center to get equipped and to do what the Lord's called him here, and so it was great to get to know him then and then continue to see what God's been doing in and through him and all of you. Well, um, as well, uh, we're very excited about uh, Harvest Palos because your church has been a great blessing to our church, Chicago West Bible Church. Um, we're right here on the west side of Chicago, and uh, it's been a huge blessing to us. Here's the first way that you guys have been a blessing is we actually have some people at our church that used to be here. So some of you know the Kiowski family, and uh, uh, the, their children were sort of raised here. So Mike and Matt and Elizabeth are at our church. We're, we're so blessed to have them, and I've been grateful for them. And then also we have some young adults at our church that uh, when they were in college came here, and they really discipled here, and uh, have been really blessed by the, by the ministry. Here's the second thing. Um, we as a church uh, decided to install elders about uh, almost a year ago to start the process. And your church, the elders here, the leadership here, came alongside of us and uh, really helped coach us through the process, how to evaluate elders. And uh, it's been really great and a blessing uh, to have that. And here's uh, the last thing that's uh, been really great is the last few years, you have sent a missions team to join us in reaching our community on the west side of Chicago. So um, anybody here been, have participated in that at some point, our Summer Blessed? Okay, there's a few out here. That's been, been great. And so July 27th, you can be praying for us um, as we uh, go out in our community. What we do is have a family festival, and uh, we have games and food and just, uh, you know, live DJ, and we just welcome in the community. Last year, we had about 700 people show up. But if you think about that, 700 people, that's a lot of people to manage, Right. And, uh, and so your church comes down and uh, helps to manage all the food and the games and all that kind of thing so our church, our people can have the relational ministry and connecting with those that come. And so it's been uh, great to see how God has used both our churches together to do ministry. And so that's going to be happening again on July 27th. I bet if, if you, you can still sign up, right? All right. So, uh, so if you want to come join us July 27th, uh, that will be great. Well, I know uh, Pastor Ryan is in um, the book of Romans, and he's going through it verse by verse, and uh, that's, that's great, right? Because here's the thing, um, when you're going verse by verse through the Bible, then the Bible directs the message, right? It isn't just what uh, the pastor thinks should be said, but when you go through the word of God and go through it verse by verse, chapter by chapter, then God's word is what leads. And so, so grateful to be uh, included as a part of uh, the book of Romans and going through that for your uh, church here. Well, uh, Pastor Ryan gave me two verses 
two verses to, to preach this message. So maybe some of you are thinking two, mess- two verses for, for a whole message. Well, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you didn't trust me <laughs> to have to, more than that. Um, but uh, no, I'm, I'm really grateful because here's the thing. These two verses have personally meant a lot to me in my life. Actually, I would even say they've probably been my life verses. So here's the thing. God is not a God of chance. And so God ordained that I'd have the opportunity to be in this uh, passage myself this week and then be able to bring God's message to you. And so uh, grateful uh, to be in the book of Romans. Uh, We are in uh, chapter 12 now and uh, verses 1 and 2. So if you have your word or it's on your phone, uh, get to that. Romans 12, and let's read 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect. Amen. Thank you for the word of God. Let's pray. Well, I thank you that you have chosen us to be here this morning. And the Lord, would you use your word to do its work in our lives right now? Thank you for what it is that you have entrusted to us and given to us. Lord, so open our eyes in a greater way. Stir our hearts, Lord, to pursue and to push into you and to what it is that you have given to us that nothing in this world compares to. We thank you, Lord, that we can come in the name Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, right away here, as uh, we start in verse 1, Paul does something different than he's been doing so far in the book of Romans. He's been given directives and and commands of what to do and not to do. But here, in verse uh, 1 of chapter 12, he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers. Appeal to you, therefore, brothers. See, the word appeal is a bit, the word that is, yes, it is stirring, but it's also a caring exhortation. It's not a command that he's giving. He is giving an urging to those that he is writing to. He's appealing for a specific response from those uh, who read. The motivation for that response is very vital to everything else that he will talk about here. So that's what we have to get after. What is it that he is getting us to want to respond to, desire to respond to? Because he knows that motivation means so much to God. He does not desire that we be robotic followers. I need to do this. I need to do that. That's that's not at all. But he wants our hearts, right? He wants our hearts to be stirred to action and to be moved by his motivation. And that motivation will find that right here. But as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about uh, some uh, appealing, urging uh, speeches that happen in our country. And we just celebrated Independence Day, July 4th. And so, uh, did you know this? In, in 1775, Patrick Henry stood up in front of the uh, state of representatives in the state of Virginia at a time when 
the British government was uh, really oppressing all the colonies and not giving them any freedom. And so he stood up and he said in 1775, a year before Independence Day, right? He said, he said this, right? He said, what did he say? <laughs> I just, I just forgot. I'll get it here in just a second. Oh my goodness. Oh, yes. Give me, give me liberty, right? Or give me death. See, he was appealing to those that were there, was we need to move right now. We need to be motivated because we cannot stay under this oppression. Was I thought about that, I couldn't help about think about Martin Luther King. In 1963, he got up and gave a speech, right? I have a dream. And the dream was that our country would stop the prejudiced practices that were going on, the segregation that was happening. He was appealing to our country to respond. See, similarly, that's what's happening right here. Right here, uh, Paul is calling to us. He's appealing to us. He's urging us to respond. What is he having us respond to? This is what we all have as believers in Christ. The mercy of God. It's the mercies of God in Christ that is our motivation that we should be responding to. See, mercy... Mercy is not getting what we deserve. See, a lot of times we want to get stuff, right? But mercy is actually not getting what we deserve. See, for the wages of our sin, each one of our sins is what? Death. Well, we were just in Ephesians 2, right? Pastor Dave just read that. And we were, by nature, what? Children of wrath. That is who we are, right? But then I love that. But God being what? Rich in mercy. See, we are rich in mercy. That is our motivation, is the mercies of God. But here is a reminder, we can't get comfortable with the mercy of God. We can't just get used to it. Maybe someone in this room, just in this past year, you've chosen to receive Christ. Are you still compelled by the mercy that God's shown you? Maybe some of this room has been over 30 years since you turned from your sin and embraced Christ. Is God's mercy moving in your heart, in your mind? And as I say that, if you're not sure that you've received the gift of mercy, that you've chosen Christ yourself, we're glad you're here. We'd love to talk to you, to help you to know how you can choose Christ for yourself. But nothing in this world compares to the mercy and grace that has been shown uh, to us. That's why God's given us communion. And I love that we just got to partake in that, right? We got to partake in this truth, right? That his body was broken for us. Do this in remembrance of me. My blood was shed for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Why is it in remembrance? Why do we need to remember? We need to remember because we forget. Because it leaks out of us. Focusing on the mercy that's been extended to us. Communion gives us the opportunity to, to do that. And right here, this is what Paul is 
stirring us to, to respond to, how to live out being motivated, motivated by mercy. The NIV translation of this part of the verse says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, in view of God's mercy. That reminded me of something that I got to do a while ago that was really amazing, um, and that is go to a place called a Brazilian Steakhouse. Anyone ever been to one of these Brazilian steakhouses? All right? And I partake, you know, there's a lot of great things about the Brazilian steakhouse, but what's the most amazing thing about the Brazilian steakhouses? The, the meat, the steak, all, yeah, all that's there. But even better than that there's a lot of meat, it just keeps on coming, right? It just keeps on coming until you have to say what? Stop, Stop right? You turn that thing over or whatever, saying no more, no moss. You know, you're, you're done, right? So that's a great thing about Brazilian uh, steakhouse. And so as I figured that out, the next time someone invited me to, to go to that, I was getting prepared, right? I was now living in the view, right, of going to the Brazilian steakhouse. When I woke up in the morning, all I, all I ate was a banana. So I'm like, man, I'm going to tell all you can eat. I don't want to spoil my appetite in any way. When those, when those box of donuts showed up, you know, in the office, man, I'm not having none of that. I'm having none of that because uh, I, know, I know where I'm going, right? Lunchtime, just eat a little bit, you know. Hey, you know, the chocolate chip cookies in the afternoon came by. Yeah, maybe that was a little bit harder. A little bit harder. But man, not that difficult because I knew what I was about to go to. That I wanted to be ready to partake everything that was going to be offered to me. See, that's where we're at right now, sitting in living in the view of the mercy of God? Are we taking it for all that is offered to us in every way? His mercy blows away anything else we could ever find on earth. Our motivation should not be to spoil the spiritual appetite that God has given to us for his mercy. Why would we settle for anything less satisfying? Why would we do that? The rest of these two verses show us how to fully experience what the Lord has for us. But we must be motivated by mercy. That's what he's appealing to us for. Well, here's our first response to that mercy. Ready for it? Here it is. Offer yourself in worship. Offer yourself in worship. Let's go back to Romans 12, verse 1. I appeal to you, brothers, by the mercy of God. And then to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Amen. See, it was great. A little bit ago, we had that time in musical worship. Thanking the Lord for our worship team to lead us in that. We were singing songs of praise to God. That's great. But here's the thing. That's not the first priority in worship. What's the first thing that the Lord wants from you, that he wants from me in worship? Let's point to it, right? Ourselves. He wants ourselves. He wants each and every one of us to offer ourselves to him in worship. That is when everything else then can be built upon. I love the visual here as living sacrifices. Living sacrifices, that's what we're to be. You know, in the Old Testament, right, they sacrificed animals. Their life was taken, and they were 
They were a burnt sacrifice. But we get to be living sacrifices, living, living but offering our lives to God. So that's what we should be walking around, thinking of ourselves as living sacrifices to God. 2 Corinthians 5.15 sheds some more light on this for us. Let's read this together. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for him, but for, for him who for their sake died and was raised. 2 Corinthians 5.15. See, he's looking for us to no longer live for ourselves. To recognize that we're not going to hold on to our lives, but that we're going to be a living sacrifice. That is what he's looking for from each and every one of us. But here's the thing. Being a living sacrifice is actually what is best for each and every one of us. Galatians 2.20. Let's read this one again together. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Good. See, we are to be living as crucified to self. But then Christ can then live through us than if we're a living sacrifice. That is what we've been given. But here's the thing. If we withhold ourselves, right, if we keep ourselves back, then we miss out on fully experiencing the mercies of God. I was just thinking about this. This is sort of like, you know, uh, putting yourself together and going to rob the bank where your own money is at, right? Going to steal from yourself. It's like robbing yourself, taking what it is that God's given to you and do that. We would never steal our own money, right? But if we hold ourselves back, we're robbing ourselves from the mercy of God that's been offered to us. That's why this is so important that we'd have full-out abandonment to our own self. So I've got two questions for us to consider as we think about this. Here's the first one. Why do we withhold ourselves sometimes? Why is it that we don't offer ourselves completely? Well, here's three things. Here's one, fear. Sometimes we're just fearful of the unknown. What is that going to be like to give of myself? Fear, because we like to be in control. We like to control our lives and know the outcome. That's where it says, I haven't given you a spirit of fear, right? I've given you a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. That's what he's called us to. Here's the second thing. It's fun. Sometimes we know exactly what is right. We know exactly what is wrong. But we really want to do it. We don't want to give something up that we really want to hold on to, that we really feel connected to. So we don't want to offer ourselves because we want to hold our own way. That's one reason why we withhold ourselves. And here's the last one, I think very common, function. We're just used to functioning in our own mind. Sometimes we come to a service on a Sunday morning, we're gathered together as the body of Christ, we're reading God's word, but then we go off to school, we go off to work, we go out in the neighborhood, and all of a sudden we're just functioning in who we are. And we're forgetting that we are a 
living sacrifice. So these are reasons why we withhold ourselves. The second question is, how do we keep ourselves as a living sacrifice? How do we fight for that? Well, here's the first one thing is, focus on God's mercy. What we're doing right now, being reminded about the gospel that has been given to us, and that we believed in, that we trusted in, renewing our minds in that. The second thing is asking the Lord for insight. Lord, what am I holding back? Where am I being sinful? Where am I being selfish? Lord, would you show me that? What's, going, what's really going on, Lord? Here's a third thing. Give permission to others. Give permission to others. That's why I like we gather together as the body of Christ. We are a community. So you've got to give permission to others to speak into your life. When is it that you're off? What is it that's going on? If you see something in me, would you just let me know? You give permission for others to speak into your life. To let you know if, if you are going your own way. Here's the last thing, is pray for supernatural power. We can't do this ourselves. We can't give up our minds. We can't give up our own desires. We need the Lord to do that through us and the spirit living in us. Pray, God, would you strengthen me with your power to be a living sacrifice? So, Lord, may you move us. May you move us to be motivated by mercy. Here's the next thing, next response, is that we are to resist conforming through transforming. We are to resist conforming through transforming in Christ. Let's go to verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. We know this, right? The ways of the world and the ways of God don't match up. They're actually in conflict with each other. Right? The ways of the world is taking care of self. What do you think makes sense to you? What's best for you? But the ways of God is to follow Jesus Christ fully and completely. Anyone here ever feel that battle? The battle from the world pulling at your heart? And the battle in your mind of what you know is true from the Lord? It's not going to be easy to live out the Christian life because we literally live in war. That's why I'm so glad that uh, we can know this truth that we don't have to be in this world alone. We don't have to be of this world, that we can live separately from this world because of what God has done for us through his mercy. But I just thought it'd be helpful maybe to highlight some ways sometimes we can feel the squeeze, right? Feel the squeeze of this world on us. Some examples of the tension we might feel. Let me just read a few things. Tension might be, what is right and wrong? What does the world say? What does God say? How to think about others? How to treat others? What is most important for you? What is most important for your kids? What is, what is not a big deal? And what is a big deal? What are your life priorities, goals? What will you, will you be praying for? What do you really need? And what do you really need? Who are you to judge? Who you need to fear? Who to vote for and why? Who has ultimate authority? 
How could the Bible be right about this specific thing? You get the picture here, right? There's conflict going on. There's a battle that's happening. But it says right here, do not be conformed to this world is a warning for us that the world wants to squeeze us into its mold. Well, how do we keep from conforming? Well, it's right here. We keep from conforming by being committed to transforming. The verse states, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That reminded me of just Thursday on the 4th of July, I got to go to uh, Dubuque, Iowa, and uh, on the Mississippi River, there's a river, river museum, and I got to go out on this uh, uh, steam river boat. And uh, there's maybe a picture here of just an idea of that. And it was really cool to go in there and see how a, a, a boat like that is steam-powered. And it's two things that come together. Two agents power the steamboat. Here's one. One is water pressure. Water pressure coming in and then heat, right? Fire and heat, firing up that water coming in. And when they come together, then what happens? Steam is made. When those two agents come together, it transforms the water into steam and powers the boat. What does that look like for us to be transformed in our minds? How are we renewed? Well, God's given us two powerful agents for us to have that transforming work. And here's the two things. First, it's the Spirit of God. Spirit of God, amen. And the Word of God. The Spirit of God and the Word of God working together transform us. Let's read about quick the Spirit of God in John 16, verse 13. Let's read this again together. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. See, the Spirit of God speaks to us truth, the things that are of God. That's what we need, right? We need to have those to be transformed. But here's where the power then comes in is now the Word of God. The Word of God. Let's read Hebrews 4, verse 12. Let's read that together. For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. See, the word of God pierces where we need to be pierced, right? Confronts what needs to be confronted. Shows us what needs to be known. And the spirit of God and the word of God coming together, coming together transforms us transforms us and renews us. It's sort of like the one-two spiritual punch that God has given to us in our lives. It shows us who we are, right? We walked in here if we've chosen Christ as God's children. Our identity is now in Jesus Christ. It also shows us what we are to do in living that out. See, many of us have already known what it, it is for God to lead us. But here's the thing. The present tense in the Greek word transformation, it emphasizes a continuing responsibility. A continuing responsibility 
is what has been given to us. So this made me think of uh, doing the dishes. Anyone here ever done the dishes in the kitchen? Forever, ever? All right. See, some of you, I, I'm going to believe better about those of you that didn't put your hand up that at some point you've done the dishes, right? Well, congratulations, you dishwashers. You've washed the dishes. You're done now. You check that off. You don't ever have to wash the dishes again, right? All right, all right. All right, no, no, no pointing in church, okay? All right. I think we all believe this, right? Washing dishes is a continuing responsibility. It's a continuing responsibility that has to happen. Somebody's got to wash the dishes. But that's what's happening here is that Paul's emphasizing this is something that has to happen continually. We have to continually be giving ourselves to being transformed to allowing the Spirit of God and the Word of God to do its work in our lives. So how are we doing at that? How are we doing at continuing in this responsibility? It's only by God's grace that we have this available to us. It's your tragic loss. It's my tragic loss. If we don't take advantage of keeping active the word of God and the spirit of God in our lives. But that's the great thing. Being motivated by mercy will help us in activating that transforming work. And if we are continually being transformed in our minds, then we can resist. Then we can keep from conforming to this world. Amen? Amen. We can do that through his transforming work can keep us from this craziness that the world tries to squeeze us into. Well, here, I've got a mission for you if you choose to accept it, to practice this, put this in uh, play this week. It just push into seeking the Spirit of God this week as you read God's Word. Would you be intentional as you open God's Word this week and asking the Spirit of God to show you what it is that he has for you, God has for you, what it is that he wants to transform in you? Would you just seek in a greater way and see what he does, what he shows you that he wants to engage? We have the opportunity to do that right now and throughout this week and beyond. Well, last but not least, the way we respond to the truth of the mercy of God is seek discernment for direction. Seek discernment for direction. We see that in the rest of the uh, verse 2. That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. See, this is, should be our goal. Our goal should be discerning the will of God. As it's transforming us, we're seeking what is the will of God. And we need to grow in that discernment. As I thought of growing in discernment, um, I thought of uh, our family dog, Comet. All right, so uh, in September, we got this uh, golden doodle uh, named Comet. And uh, he's been, uh, been a blessing to our family. And uh, one of the things that he does is, hey, whenever somebody in our family is giving a hug to each other, he just runs in there and uh, puts his head in there and just wants to get in the middle of all the love going on and, uh, and take that in. 
So this is, this is our dog. But even our dog is growing into discernment. You want to know how that works? So what are, what are dogs like? They like food, right? So Kam uh, is no exception to that. He wants to find where there's food. So he's growing in discernment of where the food might be available, what might fall on the floor. And so when we're cooking in the kitchen, or I'm making popcorn and putting it in the bowl, right, or when we're sitting at the table and there might be some food coming down, and who might most likely uh, be the one to drop the most food? Me. Um, so at our table, he goes and finds that right away because he's discerning where to get the food, right? And he's actually growing in that. See, no matter where you're at this morning, you can grow in discerning the will of God. We can get better at what it is that he has given to us. So we ought to seek to find out what his will is. But here's the thing I've found for myself and found for others. We've got to be desperate to find out the will of God because we can get so easily distracted. Are we desperate enough to find out his will? Because sometimes we're just too satisfied, right? And continuing to do what it is that we think is best. And I love that we're here this morning at church, and if you come every single Sunday to church, and you're killing it at serving here at Harvest in a great way, you can still miss out on the will of God for your life. You can still not know and discern what it is that he has for you. That can still happen. Some of us might know a lot of God's truth that we're talking about right here and be like, well, I've sort of heard this before. But maybe this morning as you sit here, the Lord might be telling you, don't be comfortable. I've got so much more for you. Because here's the thing. His mercies, his mercies, how often are they available to us? When is it that they're given to us? When, it, when do they come to us? Let's, let me read Lamentations two, 3, verse 22 and 23 to you. Just take this in as I read it to you. How often the mercies of God are available to us. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Here it is. They are new every morning. Every morning. They are new for each and every one of us. That is what he has for us. We continually seek after his mercy for us. But we've got to be about God's discernment over our own self-discernment. We've got to break out of that. But that's why God's mercy, receiving that and walking in God's mercy, will help us to seek after what he, what he has for us, to help us to live in full pursuit. The more you pursue seeking God, the more you know his will. The more you find it, the more you grow in it. Just like my dog Comet knows where to go, we can grow in knowing where to go for the will of God and discerning what his truth is for us. See, we can even ask questions for discernment. Lord, how should I respond in this relational situation? Would you direct me? 
Lord, am I depending on you right now or am I depending on myself? Would you help me discern that? Would you help me to know that? Lord, is it wise to make this move that's being offered to me? Is that wisdom? Give us discernment. The last thing after seeking discernment of his will, here's the thing, if we know it, if we receive it, then we've got to submit to it. We can't just know it, we've got to do it. We've got to live it out. See, being motivated by mercy is submitting to God's direction and following him. Not just when we feel like it, not when it's just convenient to us. That's what live, being a living sacrifice is. It's not just submitting when you agree with it. It's submitting, right, when it's challenging, when it's difficult. That's when it's uh, to put in place. See, the great thing is you can always trust in God's will. See that right here at the very end of our passage. What is God's will? God's will is good. God's will is acceptable. And God's will is perfect. Our God, who created the universe, he wants to give us his will. He wants us to help us to discern what it is that he has for us. That's good. That's pleasing to him and perfect for us. He wants to give that to us. How cool is that, right? How amazing. See, we are to live being motivated by mercy. And God will direct us. Let me pray. Lord, I thank you for this time to come before you this morning. Thank you for your mercy. Not one of us here has earned it. Not one of us here deserves it. Thank you that we don't get what we deserve. May we be renewed in that. May we be stirred in that. Thank you for the time to partaking in communion to remind us that we were once children of wrath. But you were rich in mercy for us. And Lord, would your mercy, Lord, would your mercy direct us, Lord, to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice to you? Lord, may we seek after you, Lord, to give us your discernment. Lord, we be guided and directed, Lord, by you. Lord, and you would show us your will, Lord, in every way. And I thank you, Lord, that you can't wait to give these good gifts to your children if we would seek after you. Renew our minds. And Lord, may we not conform to this world because you are transforming us. What a privilege. Lord, help us not to miss out. We pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing.